probably most of us at least attempted a sport at some point in our life, uh, whether that was PE or uh, in the backyard or or organized. We, we were on an organized team and we played a schedule and played games. I mean, most of us. Most of us tried a sport at some point. Probably most of the guys here played at least Little League, uh, played ball. I, most of you know I, I grew up in a small town in South Georgia. In the 70s and 80s in uh, South Georgia, the only thing to do was play ball. Uh, so we played ball all the time in, in neighbors' backyards, at school, um, for the rec department, that's, that's who we played for. Recreation department had a schedule, and, and you'd sign up, and you'd go to tryouts. And, and then there was uniform day, uh, so you went, you stood in line, and you got to wear the uniform that 10 other kids before you had worn for the past 10 seasons. Uh, there wasn't like brand new shirts with your name on it every year. Uh, you got the same shirt that kids have been wearing for years, and you, 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 did, you got new socks. You had to buy new, you didn't have to wear somebody else's socks, but you had the same pants, same shirt uh, as all the other kids before you, and, and you played. And, and this was, you know, this was before travel ball, this was, uh, this was before year-round sports, um, this was, this was before 15-year-olds had Tommy John surgery, right? Like, we played, one, we played baseball in the summer. We played something else in the fall, and, and uh, it was great. And summer, summer was that baseball time uh, for us as a kid growing up in the 70s and 80s in South Georgia. One of my clearest memories about playing ball as a kid growing up is that at any game, the voice that I could hear Above all the other voices was my dad's voice. Uh, didn't matter how many people were in the stands, 50 parents, 100 parents, however many, how many people were out there, other teams watching, the noise of the game, coaches yelling, umpires doing their thing. It didn't matter how, how much noise was going on, I always heard my dad's voice. And, and I was fortunate my dad wasn't like the obnoxious parent. Maybe that was your dad. I don't know. But my dad wasn't the obnoxious parent. He wasn't yelling at me. He wasn't, he wasn't yelling at the coaches or making suggestions to the He wasn't that dad. Instead, at least during the game, my dad was always really encouraging. And so when, when I heard my dad say, boy," like it rang out above all the other voices at the ball game, um, when, when I heard someone say "good hit sermons," I, I just knew it was my dad. It's my dad. My my dad called me KR often. Uh, my first and middle initial. It's not a real clever nickname, but that's what he called. He called me KR, and so I knew when somebody said "good play, KR," that was my dad. Um, now, my dad's the only person who's ever called me KR. You don't get to call me KR after today. I'm just, <laughs> let me just put that out there. But I knew, I knew it was him. And, and it, it, was always, it was always an encouragement. Um, my, my, I, I don't know if our ears just work this way, but my ear was just dialed in to my dad's voice at a baseball game or a football game or 
my tragic attempts to try to play basketball, which never were that great, but my, my dad's voice, his was, not, his was not just the only one I heard, it's the, it's the one I wanted to hear. And there was something about dad's voice that, that meant something different from all the other voices. And I had coaches that I respected and, and I, I appreciated their affirmation and their encouragement. But there was just something about dad's voice. And I know that's not everybody's experience. I, I, I know we all have different relationships with our dads, and some of us don't have much of a relationship with our dads. I, I get that. But this is just my story. My story was I heard my dad's voice. Now, he, he would instruct me after the game if something needed to be fixed. Like He would, he would give some coaching and some teaching. You, you didn't get in front of the grounder. That's why it went through your legs. Right? you got to step into the throw. You, you're dropping your shoulder. Why are you pulling your head out all the time? Stay through the sw- he, would, he would coach me up after the game. I remember one time uh, I was playing probably 10, 11, 12, something like that. The ball was hit. I was at second. I rounded third. I'm coming home, and the catcher is sort of halfway in the baseline and halfway not. And the throw's coming in. It's over his head, and he goes up to catch it. And I lowered my shoulder, put it right in his ribcage. And I'm a big guy, right? So I just, <laughs> I just trucked this little catcher and scored. And we're driving home, and Dad says, you know, you didn't have to run over the catcher to score. And I thought, well, what fun would that be? <laughs> I didn't always listen to what he taught me after the game, but he, he would often teach and, and coach up, and I needed that as a, as a son, right? as a kid, as a little baseball player. Man, one of the biggest impressions I have of playing Little League ball is that, is that voice. We live in um, kind, of a, kind of a strange time. And I'm going to try to say this as carefully as I can. Um, If you came here wanting to get mad, it'll probably happen in the next 30 seconds. (laughs) There has been a a renewed, um, a a necessary conversation in our culture the last few years about abuses of women at the hands of men in power. This, this is a needed conversation. This is, I think for the most part, a very positive conversation. That our society is now stepping back and saying, we're not going to protect men who are abusive. We are not going to protect men who use power to harm, abuse, cheat, treat unequally Women, this, this, is, this is a very good conversation because, let's be honest, the, the nature of being a man has and is at times misused. Men have used their authority, their power, their ability to just be a bully, to mistreat women, and wherever that happens, it needs to be called out, whether it's Whether it's in the political world, we're seeing a lot of that. Uh, Whether it's among celebrities in Hollywood, we're seeing a lot of that. Whether it's in the church, whether it's just average Joe who lives down the street who's abusing his wife. Like we, We need to be a society that doesn't tolerate that. At the same time, sort of a byproduct of that conversation, 
We might say an exaggeration of that conversation is a, this sort of parallel conversation that basically says, like, all men are bad. There's an article that got a lot of interest this week. Uh, someone had written, Why We Should All Hate Men. Right? And this is sort of the over-exaggeration of a necessary conversation. The term uh, toxic masculinity, that's becoming popular. And while I think the, the Me Too conversation, the, the conversation about abuse is necessary, like God created maleness. God created masculinity. God created the strength and the power that, that men exhibit. And yes, if, if our masculinity is not submitted under the leadership of the Holy Spirit, submitted underneath God's direction, then yes, it can be abusive and it can be toxic. Just like femaleness, if not submitted to the work of the Holy Spirit and the leadership of our Heavenly Father can be toxic. Yes, we, we both have areas where we can be toxic due to our masculinity or our femaleness. But in spite of that, we need men today. We need men. And we need the voices of men today. We're at a time where maleness is downplayed and, and, and treated as a negative, and, and yet God created maleness and femaleness. And dads, I, like, I want you to know we, we need men. And we need the voices of men in our culture. And specifically, we need those voices in our families. Right? Your, your kids need to hear your voice. Ringing out over all the other noise in their life. All the other people that are going to cheer them and boo them. All the other people that are going to offer advice to them. And some of it may be very good advice. But there is no voice quite like your voice, Dad. There's no other voice that can substitute for your voice and your encouragement and your speaking truth into their lives. We need men. Solomon knew this. Solomon's writing in Proverbs chapter 4. <clears throat> and he says, Listen, my sons, to a father's instruction." Pay attention and gain understanding. I give you sound learning, so do not forsake my teaching. Solomon says, look, I'm going to speak. I'm going to use my voice in your life, kids. I'm not going to hold back, and I'm not going to do it right every time. I'm not going to be perfect at it. There's no such thing as a perfect dad, no such thing as a perfect man. I think Solomon knew I'm not going to get it right every single time, but he says to his kids, you're going to hear my voice. I'm going to keep speaking. I'm going to keep teaching there are things that I want you to learn. There are things I want you to know. There are ways that I want you to be encouraged. And I'm the only one that can encourage you in that direction. So you're going to hear my voice. I'm not going to hope you figure it out, kids. I'm not going to hope somebody else teaches you how to be a man or how to be a young lady. I'm not going to hope that you find it somewhere else. I'm going to use my voice in your life. And thousands of years later... 
We still need men who'll do that. We still need men who will speak. So dads, we need you to speak up. We need you to use your voice. And sometimes as men, we step back from that a little bit. Sometimes it's it's not because we're trying to be absentee or we're trying to neglect our responsibilities. Sometimes we're we're just really busy and we don't prioritize, we don't carve out time to be the voice in our kids' lives and we need to. Sometimes if we were honest, we hide behind the voices of other people as dads. Uh, Specifically, sometimes we hide behind the voice of our wife. I think for a lot of us dads, there's the idea that she's better at this. She's better at saying the things that need to be said to our kids. She says it in a better way, at a better time. She knows the right emotion. My wife is just better at it than I am. And you know what? She probably is. She she probably is. I mean, if we're honest, our wives are better at it than we are. But that doesn't negate the need for your voice, Dad. Just because mom may may be better at it, there's still this gap that only your voice can fill. Even if it's not perfect. You encouraging. You teaching. You speaking. There's, there's There's a unique voice that Dad has. It's different from mom's voice, but every, every much as needed. Some of us defer to coaches, our kids' coaches. We kind of hide. Some of us hide behind their teachers. Some of us hide behind pastors or youth pastors or children's pastors or family pastors. And look, hopefully we're helping each other out, right? Hopefully we're all speaking the same thing into our kids. We're encouraging, we're lifting up, we're teaching, we're instructing. Hopefully we're all on the same page. But, Dad, nobody has your voice. Nobody. Nobody can say it. And it it rings exactly the same way it rings when dad says it. If you're a dad, obviously you're a son. And, and you, you know the significance of your own dad's voice in your life. You know what that sounded like. You know what that meant to you. And, and, and maybe you didn't get that voice in your life. And again, we all have different relationships with our dads. Maybe dad didn't speak into your life, but if you think back, you know how significant it would have been if he had. You either either have a memory of a dad's voice and how much you treasured that, how much that meant to you, or you have a memory of a voice that you wish you would have gotten. Your kids are the same way. Your grandkids are the same way. They're waiting to hear dad. And not just your sons, your daughters. Dad, the, the reality is nobody can replace your voice to your daughter. There is a confidence that you, your voice can give your daughter, no other voice can give. There is an acceptance of, of who they are. There is a security 
that you can give your daughter that no other voice can give. And if you don't give it, Dad, more than likely she's going to try to find it somewhere else. And it's probably not going to be a great place. Our, our kids need our voice. Solomon reflected on his own dad. Again, back in Proverbs 4. For I too was a son to my father. So look, I'm going to instruct you because I remember how my dad spoke into my life. For I too was a son to my father, still tender and cherished by my mother. Then he taught me and he said to me, Take hold of my words with all your heart. Keep my commands and you will live. Get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget my words or turn away from them. Do not forsake wisdom and she will protect you. Love her and she will watch over you. Solomon says, look, the, the whole reason I'm speaking into your life because I can remember my dad speaking into my life. I can remember what that meant. I can remember what that felt like. And for some of you, you can just think about what it would have felt like if dad had done that. So Solomon turns to his kids and says, I'm going to do that for you. I'm going to be a voice in your life. I'm going to show up. I'm going to be here. I'm going to be attentive. I'm going to walk with you. Don't you want that from your kids one day? I mean, don't, don't you hope one day your kids look at their kids and go, like, my dad was such a voice of encouragement to me. My, my dad built me up. My, my dad gave me confidence. And I want to be that voice in your life. Don't you hope your kids talk to your grandkids like that one day? Well, then you've got to speak up, Dad. You've got to use the voice that God has given you in their lives. And look, I love sports. I think sports are awesome. I love watching sports. I love playing sports. But if my kids grow up and, and all I taught them was how to turn a double play or how to defend a double steal, then I've cheated them out of what they really needed from my voice. And, and I know a lot of those things can be taught through sports. Sports are a great avenue. Play sports where you can get out in the front yard and play catch. Talk about life while, while you're working on their swing. Do all of that. But if, but if they have a, a case full of trophies when they're 25 and a room full of championship rings, isn't that like the new thing? Like four-year-olds get these 10-pound rings on their finger. Like they're, they're, if they got a display case full of them, and dad never spoke about integrity or, or character. Or dad never helped them understand this is how a real man treats a woman with love and respect. This is what it looks like to care for your wife one day or to be cared for by your husband one day. Then I've wasted my voice. And more specifically, if I... If I haven't taught them, if I, if I haven't said to them, this is what it looks like for a man to follow Jesus. This is what it looks like for a man with all of his masculinity and strength to submit that to the work of the Holy Spirit and be totally, unbelievably in love with Jesus. This is what it looks like. If they go into their adult lives and they don't know dad's in love with Jesus... It doesn't really matter if I taught them to throw a curveball. You got a voice. 
And you need to use it. Uh, Dads, I think most of us feel a, a unique weight as fathers and husbands and, and leaders of our family. And, and our, I think most of us feel a unique weight when it comes to providing and protecting our family. Right? Mo- most of us feel that pressure um, that it would be good if our family lived indoors all the time. Like, that would be a good thing if, if we ate three times a day. That, that would be good and most of us men bear that burden in a unique way. It's not that our wives don't contribute uh, and aren't a part. And I'm not saying wives can't earn more than, than husbands do, okay? Ladies, you had your day a month ago. This is, let, let, me talk, just, let me talk to the dads, okay? Guys, I think you know what I'm talking about. You, you just feel that weight of, are, are we going to pay the mortgage this week? Or are we going to pay the bills? Is there, financially, is everything in order? Do, am I providing well? And, and that's a good way. I, I think God gave us that weight, and it's a good thing. It helps us grow up. It helps us take responsibility. It, it's a way that we love our families by bearing that weight. And just as an aside, let, let me say, if you're not ready to bear that weight, you're not ready to get married. And you're not ready to have kids. All right, to the younger guys here, glad you're here. Uh, but not just the 20-somethings, the 30-somethings, and the 40-somethings, and the 50-somethings. If you're not ready to bear the weight of providing and protecting, of stepping into this role of husband and father, and carrying the weight of that responsibility, you are not ready to get married. And you are not ready to have kids. So don't, please, don't. There's a lot, of, a lot being written, a lot being discussed about delayed adolescence, specifically as it relates to young men and 20-something-year-olds and 30-something-year-old men. That's all, an, another discussion for another day. What I would say today about this delayed adolescence deal is, look, I would rather you wait until you're 50 to get married than to marry at 25 and not be ready to step into that responsibility. Okay, we, we need men who provide and protect and shoulder that weight. However, Dad, just making sure the mortgage gets paid is not the end of your influence in your family. As a matter of fact, it's not even the biggest part of your influence. You need it. You should bear that weight. But making sure the lights stay on is not the end of your responsibility. You have a voice. You have a voice that you can speak into the lives of your kids and into your wife and you can encourage and you can challenge in the right way and at the right times and you can give security and confidence to your family. We have a voice. Again, it doesn't outweigh the voice of mom. We need mom's voice. But on Father's Day 2018, I want to say to you dads, we, we need dad's voice. Pa- Paul said these things about a good father. First Thessalonians, he writes, For you know <clears throat> that we dealt with each of you as a father deals with his own children. In other words, this is the way a good father would deal with his kids, deal with his family. Encouraging, comforting. And urging you to live lives worthy of God who calls you into his kingdom and glory. How does a good father relate to his kids? They're encouraging. I believe in you. I'm on your side. 
You can count on me. I'm going to cheer the loudest. I'm going to cheer the longest. I'm going to be the voice that you hear above all the other voices in the stands. That's going to be my voice for you. A comforting. I'm here for you. I'm never going to leave you. You can't make a mistake big enough to make me walk away. I'm here, and I will walk through anything with you. I don't always have the right answers. I don't always say it in the right way. But there will never be a day in your life that your dad isn't here for you. And, and he said, urging. It's a legal term. The idea of a witness that's on the stand, testifying, telling the truth. Dads, we need to be that person. Regardless of what everybody else in the courtroom is saying, we're the witness in the stand on behalf of our kids. And they know that. I'm on your side. I'm pulling for you. I'm going to defend you. I'm going to be with you. And specifically, Paul says, urging them to live lives worthy of God. This is what it looks like to follow Jesus. Those are relational words. I'm going to be by you. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be speaking up for you. Dad, we need your voice. Your kids need your voice. And in the 70s and 80s in South Georgia, when it was 98 degrees and 99% humidity, and there was a billion gnats everywhere, that was one voice I heard coming from the stands, standing behind the fence. Tuesday will be 21 years since that voice went silent. And if you've never lost somebody close to you, uh, a parent that you deeply loved, uh, somebody that you were really close to, 21 years seems like a long time, like a really long time. If you lost somebody that you really love, though, you know that 21 years is like 21 days. It might as well be last year. It might as well be six months ago. Because it doesn't just go away. You know, that, that grief, that loss, it doesn't just, it doesn't just disappear. The reality is, the voice in the stand, it goes silent at some point. It, physically, there's no attaboy anymore. There's no good hit KR. And those of you who've lost somebody, you know, you know what you would give for one more of those, right? If I just heard that one more time, it would, it would do so much for me. Like if I just one more time. Those voices go silent eventually. And not just for my dad and my granddad and people in your past. Dads, your voice is going to go silent at some point. It just is. I know it's kind of heavy for Father's Day. It is. I, I, I'm five years away, biologically at my age, I, I'm five years away from the age my dad was when he died. Five years. 
three and a half years away from the time he was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer that he eventually died from. Five years. I hope that my voice gets more than five more years. I hope it does. My dad never knew, never met his grandkids. I want to hope I get to meet my grandkids years from now. (laughs) Either way, every voice goes silent eventually. That's why, Dad, it's so important on Father's Day of all days, for, for us to reevaluate our voice in the lives of our kids and our grandkids and your great-grandkids maybe for some of you. Reevaluate, am I, am I speaking often enough, clearly enough? Am I, am I speaking as best I know how the right things? A couple of questions. Dad, Are you speaking clearly enough and consistently enough that even when you're gone, your kids will hear your voice? Is that you? I still hear my dad's voice. I still know what it sounds like. I still often, some of you can relate, I'm I'm often in circumstances and I go, I know exactly what my dad would have said. Dads, are you speaking consistent? Are you speaking about the right things enough that it's getting buried deep in your kids' hearts, in their mind, in their ears, so that your voice outlasts you? And then just a personal question. Dad, are you spiritually prepared for the day when your voice goes silent? I'm not trying to scare you. I'm not trying to be overly dramatic. I'm just, I'm just saying we, we don't get to do this forever. And one day every dad and every mom, every person is going to stand before God. And as important as, as I think being a dad is, being a good dad is not what gets, gets you into heaven. I can just be honest. It's important. It's needed. Being a good dad doesn't get you into heaven. Even teaching really good things to your kid, that's not what gets you into heaven. What gets you into heaven, dad, is the same for all of us. Is that I recognize my own sin and my need to be forgiven by Jesus who died and rose again for me and submitting to him as the savior of the world and the savior of my life. And maybe there are some dads who need to do that. And maybe you teach your kids a lot of really good things. Maybe you model a a lot of really good things. But at the end of your life, what's going to matter is Did you surrender to the person of Jesus as your Savior? That's what's going to matter. And that's most what your kids need to see in your life. That you're a lover of Jesus. Maybe you've done that. Maybe you were baptized before you ever had kids. Or or maybe maybe this is the day you need to give your life to Jesus. Like right now, you need to invite Him into your life. And you need to stand up here one Sunday And you need to be baptized so that your kids will always remember, my dad was a follower of Jesus. Don't put that off. Don't wait and wait and wait because every voice goes silent at some point. Yours too, mine too. This is a huge task that we've been called to, to be dads. It's an impossible task. 
that weight that I talked about. It's, it's impossible to bear it. It's impossible to always say the right things or be in the right place. That's, that's why I'm glad that even though I'm an imperfect dad, I have a perfect heavenly father that's helping me all the time. Like that. My heavenly Father knows how to give me strength and wisdom and words that I don't have, and He'll do the same for you. None of us are perfect dads. None of us are ever going to be perfect dads. But God's able to take your voice, Dad, and multiply it and bury it deep into the hearts of our kids so that they hear truth even after we're gone. God, I thank you that you are the perfect father because we aren't. And none of us can look back over our lives, our experience as a dad and claim to have hit a home run every time. But I'm glad you're able to take our imperfect attempts at being a dad And make them count for eternity. God, help the dads who are here this morning to be encouraged that their voice is needed. Help them to be encouraged to speak up. To be the encourager, the the teacher, the one who loves, the one who gives confidence and security to their kids. Help us to use our voice well. So that when our kids think about their lives and they've heard a lot of voices, they hear ours ringing out over all the others. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.